0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: February the 11th, 2018, and we have Mr. Myron Rice with us today. And um, I just want to say before we get started that no one is uh, saying that they are giving out legal advice or professional tax advice. These are opinions only. And Mr. Rice, thank you for joining us tonight.
2: Oh, the pleasure is mine. And thank you for having me on as your little co partner here in crime. We are considered <laughs> partners in partners in crimes at that right now. But uh, um and this week was really uh oh so exciting. Information pouring into me, um is incredible. It's like, you know, you put it out in the universe and it it is a law of attraction. I've always used yeah. it since 11 years old. So it's something I do know exists. It's not something that's tangible. I can't explain it. I won't give you any rules and laws on it, how it works. It just works. And yes. uh, we, 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 yeah, we've covered uh, getting calls in and um, Skypes, emails on different subject matters. Um, I hope to answer, I might have answered some, or if you can call into the show because it might be a question. and I know several other people will be wanting the information. Of the information, please don't hesitate to call in. Give us your pros and cons. We've been getting a lot of successes that's going on. Uh, I have a guy who done a friend of mine, Eon too. You might know that he talks about um, changing your post office address from their corporation to your personal PO box. And I got who did fifteen of them. He did get three of them back, saying that it wasn't specific enough. You know, he they didn't want him to get everybody who has the same name. Remember, a lot of people have your name. Just giving your name may not be enough because a lot of people may have your name. Uh, Eon talks about you use. You, you could do your name, or you could your name slash the account number of that you're dealing with. Or it could just have the count number itself, or in the case of your birth certificate, there would be your your state birth number, and it has uh three three numbers in front um that three digits would represent the area code of each state, every state has an area code but uh it, it, you know I hope he gets on and explains what he done, things like that and, you know some folks will but I want to put that out on there on folks to uh take control. Of items. We remember we don't own nothing. We want to control it. And if the richest people in the world, I won't say rich, wealthiest people in the world, rich deal with money. Wealth deal with uh, the ability where your money works for you. Uh, rich people, just someone who got a lump sum of money, and they could have got it in a lottery. That don't mean nothing. They didn't work for it. It just they were lucky. But being wealthy is a whole different situation that we need to be focusing on that term. So, the wealthiest people control things. Uh, what are they controlling? Certificates, license, all the things that you contract with. I know you heard this before, but I want to bring it up because this is something people have been asking me. Um, the things that you contract with, your mortgage or deed of trust, is a security. It's a, that's why they have mortgage-backed securities. Anyone tell you mortgage-backed securities? Securities are something that you need to terminate and liquidate. Get the money. Find a broker to do that. If not, the attorney general of your state is your trustee, and he is a broker that will terminate and liquidate for you. You tell them what to do. Trustees do what you tell them to do. If he doesn't do it, then you go to the attorney general of the federal government. If he don't do it, then go to the attorney general in England that controls everyone. Jeremy Wright is his name. Jeremy Wright is the attorney general for the whole United States of America. So, you you know, if one man don't do it, just go up the ladder. We have to learn to enforce stuff. I'm tired of people saying, well, this didn't work. Well, what did you do after it didn't work? You know, you got to be able to understand what the chain of command is and just use that as a defense. So before I really get into my subject matters, uh, are there any questions or situations or testimonies or something, pros or cons, it doesn't matter. We work on both of them. I don't write a script here. I just got some subjects, and what comes from the subjects is up to whatever God put in my head and whatever questions that you bring to me. That is how this Mm -hmm. show has operated. That's the way this show will always operate. I don't write a script, you know. And the phone number,
1: if you want to call in, is 563-999. Three seven zero one. That's five six three nine 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 three seven zero one. And push the number one, and I'll see that you want to talk. And for those that's in the chat room, uh, you can write your questions out in the chat room.
2: And, and the people
1: who have Metro
2: PC or uh, T-Mobile, which I believe T-Mobile both uh, purchase Metro. Um, There's another number I use is 425-390-6264. Again, 425-390-6264. And as she mentioned before, press 1 to get into the queue. So are there any questions out there, because when we may be going this, we doesn't have a format here, so we, this is like open form and I uh, just pick a subject matter of uh, uh, the citizen of the United States versus a U.S. citizen. One of them got the citizen in the front. The other one got the citizen in the back of the U.S., United States. And it's always one versus the other. What is one? The citizen of the U.S. is a republic. The U.S. citizen is part of democracy. It's a surety. And we must understand Scripture. Let's go to Scripture for a minute on that surety thing. The uh, U.S. citizen, Proverbs eleven fifteen. The New King James Version makes it very clear. The New King James Version makes it clear, as opposed to the NIV or the King uh, King James Version. The New King James Version states, He. Who is surety for a stranger will suffer. But one who hates being surety is secure. Let me read that again. Proverbs eleven fifteen. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer. But one who hates being surety is secure. So, so and I, I'm putting this out here because I know when you call me and you are suffering, you're in pain, you're hurting, you need money. And what does that tell you right there? He who is surety boy stranger will suffer. So if you're suffering, I, I, I'm, giving you, I'm trying to give you the solution, the remedy, the answer. It's right there in front of you. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but he who hates, hates being surety is secure. So, anyone who has any questions, I'm I'm not saying that to scare you from talking. Please, keep calling in. Don't. I'm not here to offend anyone. I'm just trying to give us the truth. This is what's written on my heart that I need to pass to you. Somebody says, you need to hear this.
1: Someone is telling me, right.
2: you need to hear this.
1: Well, we have a caller.
2: Go ahead, caller. Go ahead.
1: Area code 412
3: 385. 385.
2: I have to take a big, lumpy shit. I don't know if that was a joke <laughs> or somebody. Yeah, that
1: was somebody playing on the phone.
2: Okay, all
1: right, well we got to we they so, it, but... And they so stupid because I got their phone number. I mean, just how stupid can you be? Mm.
2: Well, oh yeah, that started off the show real nice. Uh Maybe because they've been suffering, they need to uh, excel it. They need to discharge it. So go
1: ahead, lady. Do your thing. Get rid of it. Uh (laughs) I have a question uh, from the chat room. It says, um, that question is about the RIS Form 56. Can you go over it?
2: The IRS for 56. That's the uh, appointment of fiduciary, uh, which is what you do do when you want someone else to handle your business. Um, that's what's required. Is that just IRS form? I guess it is. This is Form 56 because I thought the IRS has a uh, 2848, which is a power of attorney, which may be the same thing. But fiduciary basically just saying that this is a person who has that must handle your business. And if it's an attorney that's on the other side, an attorney that is against you because they're part of what's called the bar and the bar is part of the British aristocrat registration, y'all want to shut an attorney down? Ask him what does bar stand for. You want to shut him down? Ask him what bar stands for because we're going to talk about that here. I, I got a so-called attorney, I guess, talking about you can't uh, land patent your stuff. An attorney, but anyhow, uh, you know, just just understand that you can appoint anyone, and they don't have to approve it. They don't have to sign it or nothing. I'm just stating to them. And you may want to go to oh, wow, Winston Shroud, the um, what was the birdcage report? Is that correct? The Burke report, 140? Did I do oh, the no, no, the it?
1: Was, no, I think it's something else. I remember what you talking about. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh. Well, my, I, I know it's 140. Um, If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, Winston Stroud on YouTube talks about how you could just look over to that attorney and just say, please, you do, you're doing a better job than my own attorney. I, I want you to get rid of this case and then terminate and liquidate it. Just, just look at him and tell him
1: oh, for the record. You're, You're talking, talking about it. the
2: prosecutor or the, uh, or the attorney? The attorney. prosecutor. The, not, okay. yeah, the prosecutor is about to throw you in jail because your attorney don't know what he's talking about. Well, just this, this, look over the aisle and say, excuse me, I'm appointing you as fiduciary. I want you to handle the case. And they can't refuse. They cannot refuse. They Actually, they got to fire whoever they're working for. I'm sorry, I can't work for you anymore. It's
1: called, it's called the Goldfish Report 140. Goldfish. Thank you, Cat room.
2: Thank you, Goldfish. I got so much in my head. Oh, thank you, folks. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Goldfish Report 140, winter Road. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Oh, that was the best two hours I've heard in a long time. I didn't get sleepy. I didn't get anything. That was a very good two-hour report uh, video. Go now now, now they're asking,
1: they asking Should they just use The 2006 version
2: I don't know what form number it is
1: They're saying
2: Oh i didn't I didn't know it had years it, it the year on there may be the year they updated it, but i don't it doesn't have a year it's not like a tax form that has to be done within the year. It's just maybe that's just the update the latest version they may have on there so well,
1: I'm looking at one, and this is uh November two thousand and seventeen
2: okay, well, it looks like they just updated it. But that's not the year you have to use it. It's just that's the latest version. They update these all the time. So you just want to make sure you have the latest version of that uh, 456. Who you're it for, again, um, you're dealing with court cases. uh, uh, If they have an attorney that's coming at you for your house, they're trying to foreclose, send it to him. Now, what's going to usually happen is the law firm he works for will probably remove him and put somebody else on. Well, according to Winston Stroud, he sent it to that person And then, until they got up to seven attorneys, until the last one said, look, what do you want us to do? I told you what to do. You know, y'all kept passing the buck to someone else. But he did it to at least seven attorneys on the same case until they decided they need to stop. They're going to stop it because they know what she's going to do. So that's a very powerful piece of paper or form that you may want to use to for someone who's losing. If you see yourself losing, you see your defense attorney not doing his job, and he's still going to want to be paid, then fire him and disattach attach and, and give it to the attorney sitting across the aisle. The
1: prosecutor.
2: The prosecutor the
1: prosecutor
2: because he can't say no. And why,
1: why can't, can't the prosecutor say not say no? Why 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 well, did you give it to the prosecutor?
2: Because he's a, he's a bar. He's not even supposed to be in the courtroom, but the fact that he's there, he has to, Once he steps inside, he's obligated anything that's within that bar. So when you walk in that those gates in there and you're sitting on that table, that's all part of the bar. That's the bar, and he has to accept everything in that bar because it's all supposed to represent, you know, be for him to work with. So everything inside there will work with. Even though he might be looking to work with someone else, he's representing someone else. And remember, everything come out of his voice is hearsay because he doesn't have the person who you're supposed to commit the crime with. Well, it's called the habeas corpus. Where's the body? Who's the witness? Where is it at? They're not there, so you gotta. So anybody that says tell, tells him anything the judge anyone, he has to abide by it, because he's inside this bar, with, 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 which represent the uh, city of London, the Queen. Because bar means British aristocrat registration, so it lets you know that's why they won't take you. who you work for. Well. I don't get it. Why are we listening to these attorneys when, you know, they're not even part of the United States. They're foreigners. Everyone in there are foreigners. Yet you are a lot of people do a lot of them don't
0: even
1: know it. They don't take no. the bar test but they don't even know what the bar represents.
2: I had an attorney there, I asked him what bar, and he said, I, I don't know. I, can't. I said, that's really pathetic. How long have you been an attorney, you know, 10, 15 years, and you don't know who you work for? You're a pathetic employee. You're pathetic. I told the attorney, you're a pathetic. And
0: that's we I have went another in the caller. Okay.
1: 316413. Hello? Yeah Okay Do you have your mute on? Are you talking to me? Yes Are you 316413? You, you have your hand raised
3: I, I apologize no. I was just listening okay. I didn't mean to have my hand okay. raised okay. This is right.
1: Cece.
2: Cece. This is Tisa. How are you doing? Oh, okay. Hey, how are you, lady? I'm how fine. I'm okay. just listening.
4: I'm doing well. Okay. okay.
2: okay. okay. All right. Hope your, hope your son is handling his business.
4: Any other speakers?
2: Okay. Well, going uh, back to my. Going back to my.
1: I have a question before you get Go started. Go ahead. Is, is there a difference between a lawyer and an attorney?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, a, a lawyer has a P number. Uh, I mean, an attorney has a P number from Britain. A lawyer doesn't. You can, Anyone can be a lawyer, just as long as you know the law. Anyone can be a lawyer, but an attorney is someone who specifically has a P number. So there is a difference when you're dealing with people, ask them are you an attorney or are you just a lawyer? Because there is a difference between the two. One is not to the extreme of having a number, a P number, and under the Queen, or lawyer is just someone who ex- can exercise law. Everyone doesn't have to be an attorney to exercise law. That's why you can represent yourself. Okay. Anyone else out there that may have a, the add on to this, please call in. Let us let us know if you have something to add on to it. I would love to get an attorney on. Oh, please, well, then I'm not. I won't be making. Example of you, I just want you to answer some questions. That's all I'm going to do is ask you some questions.
1: Well, we do have another caller.
2: Okay. Um, okay let's
5: see.
1: 917-246. Hi, this is L.B.
5: Hi, Myron.
2: Hello, how are you, dear?
5: I'm fine, dear. So, to add on, so I was just on another call, I just uh, got off of that call and I we were talking about the right of subrogation and um how when they when they create that bond in the cases they need three signatures which are the signatures of the prosecutor the judge and the uh defendant's attorney and the reason why they don't want you to represent yourself present yourself is so that and, and, you know, get a public defender or, you know, hire your own is so that they are assured of getting that third signature in order to create that bond. That's what the what was the three
2: again? I got the prosecutor, the judge, and what was the third one? The, def- the, defense,
5: the defense attorney. Oh, okay, and the defense attorney. Oh okay. they, they need all three of them, and that's the push or, oh, you you have to get an attorney, you know, you can't represent yourself. Th- that, all that, you. oh, you're incompetent. No, this is because, you know, it's all economic. So it's all about that, um, getting all three of those signatures. And then if we could just study a little bit more so on the right of subrogation as well, um, that would be awesome because then you just
2: – It has been brought to my attention, though, when you go in, if if it's a public defender, public means that he's supposed to work for you. You tell him what to do. If you don't, you can find him right there in the courtroom. But you really could get a public defender, and he's supposed to be working for you because your straw man is what they're accusing, and it's public. So, therefore – that was, you know, some of the things that you may want to ask a public defendant to, uh, to mention in the courtroom is that this is an estate trust and that the man, or in the case of a courtroom, non-resident alien, using the legal term, is the controller of the debtor, which is the surety. What is the controller of the debtor? Where is that found at? The federal Bankruptcy Act of 1978, the Federal Bankruptcy Act of 1978, section 101, and the definitions go down to insider. An insider is a person who controls the debtor. That is what you are doing. You control the debtor. In Michigan, we have a law that makes us the attorney-in-fact. We're attorney-in-fact. Man, that's why we don't need a UCC-1. Someone just asked me about that. You don't really need a UCC-1 for your straw man. You're already the attorney-in-fact under Michigan MCL 450.701. You are the attorney-in-fact, meaning that you have a secure interest in it already, security interest in everything. But, uh, you know, you, you if you didn't say that, and then there's another term under that section called insolvent. I can't pay a debt because you took my gold and made a person in 1933. I can't pay a debt, but I do control what you are charging to the half funds. I'm just using some definitions for different areas that you need to tell your defense attorney. This is how he better approach when he walks in there because he works for your estate where you are in control of.
5: Right, So oh, yeah. you know, a lot of times the people are not getting the results they want, even with the public defender, because he or she has already signed off on that bond, and they're not really trying to do much for it because they're going to get a piece of the pie as well. I agree with you that we are the attorney in fact, especially would you say Michigan four five zero point what seven zero one seven zero one? So I'm sure there's equivalent. You know, in the other 49 um, states, and if and as the attorney, in fact, we can pay the debt for them by taking control of that bond and asking for the right of subrogation, and using everything that you're saying and right of subrogation, like somehow we put it all together. I was just on the call and uh, another call, and uh, the you know brother. I, I guess what it is, I'm I'm tired of hearing that we're in people are getting in trouble. They're going into argument in the in no. these. I'm tired of hearing that. Let's just like you said, take just tell them this is you know this is an estate issue. This is a uh, an economic issue. This is a, do I have a right of subrogation based on this 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 is and this and stop arguing the facts. Mm. Stop arguing. Yeah, it, Right? You when you argue, you know, because the argument
2: is what's causing you to be guilty uh, at charge. You, mm-hmm. You're arguing it. Where well, you need again, the court is a bank deal with that tax issue, well, your honor, you know, just put bond on me. I, I need a ten ninety nine OID. You you need to. Uh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you want me to have the IRS or CID contact you because it will tell you what it means. You could act like a fool and lie in this courtroom, and you're under oath. I assume you should be under oath as anyone else is, that you're going to tell me you don't know what a 1099 OID You charged me with something. You have to report it. You took it out of my estate when you got the ticket. You took it out of my state. And this is what insider trading is. I just told you, insider is the controller of the debtor. So when they do inside trading, they're making the creditor, which is you, into the the debtor. And they Mm -hmm. and try to take the creditor position. That's called counterfeiting. And they put it on the market. It's counterfeiting. That is a very serious crime. If you have one phone call to make, Ask for the Secret Service number so you can call the Secret Service because they're counted.
5: How do we use that in a foreclosure situation? If they already took your house, how can we use that? Again, they've done everything on a a
2: legal term. All you have to do is get the warranty deed and put an affidavit on there, which I'm going to talk about. On the affid- what affidavit is, and you may want to look at. Let we'll me bring it up. Um, twenty eight. Hold a minute here. 28 1738. Uh, twenty eight USC seventeen thirty eight. Twenty twenty eight for folks in there. Twenty eight USC seventeen thirty eight, and it's a statute at large, meaning that you got the actual from the street from the Congress when they when they brought it in is ninety six uh sorry sixty two stat sixty two stat statues at large page 947, 62 stat S T A T representing the statutes at large page nine four seven eight section seventeen thirty eight. So you got 28, which is positive law, USC, Title 28, USC, 1738. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at authentication. Yeah, authentication. And 62, stat 947. If you understand anything about uh, the Ten Rules, the Ten Laws, the commandments of commercial law, an affidavit which is what we're authenticating. We're authenticating the affidavit. That affidavit, unrebutted, is law. It becomes law. So if you attach that affidavit on top of that warranty deed, they can't argue it anymore. You have a contract between the seller and the buyer. Okay. Okay? So, And as you read mm-hmm. these laws here under the state and territory statutes and judicial um the uh, proceeding full faith and credit, that means it's can be used in any state in, a, in the United States,
4: you do that
2: authenticating on – you can authenticate on that affidavit, which is stating what? Everything on the warranty deed, you just put it in the affidavit, but instead of – and we call it contracting the deed, which is what's on your mortgage statement or your deed of trust in Section 18 – contract a deed, or in this case, you're contracting a grant deed. You're changing to a grant deed in fee simple You're creating a grant deed. You're contracting a grant deed in fee simple Look up that word, fee simple in black. Uh-huh. C-. It's absolute. And that affidavit authentication makes it a law, because they what are they what are they going to argue with? They can't argue because all you're doing is transferring. You're acknowledging what's on the warranty deed, which is already filed, and you applying it to your grant deed that you are now creating. You created a grant deed. Okay, so, what so that,
5: gonna, that 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 stops the foreclosure.
2: That that'll stop from getting a house. Now, where are they going to foreclose on that next? The only thing they can look at is is uh, the, the funds, the money. Oh, well, that goes, that's handled, because after you transfer the D and the stays right there in your contract, you could do it with consent. You can do it right. without their consent. So the only uh, option they have after that is called an accelerated payment where they say, well, you need to pay the whole amount within 30 days. Oh, you know, hold on, wait a minute. Let's put some pipping in this. you got to tell them, I'm a grantor, and I gave you a, a way out. Section 10, mortgage insurance. Section 10, mortgage insurance. Second paragraph, mortgage insurance shall reimburse the lender. Mortgage insurance shall reimburse the lender if the lender fails to follow the repayment agreement. da I think that takes care of the money right there. You better file okay. a claim on the insurance for the property. File the claim. Get your money. But, file the claim. But, on this, is,
1: insurance. but this, insurance, this insurance you're talking about, Mr. Rice, is not the insurance that the person take out on the house. This is no, the it no. on there. Yeah, this is a different it, insurance, it, it's a private. It
2: says, and it says, Ball has nothing to do with this insurance. So it can't be something you did. It says it right there on the second. Ball has nothing to do with this insurance that we're referring to. It says it right there. Ball has nothing to do with so it. No matter what you did and what you wrote or what you filed or how much you got taken out of your escrow account or whatever for your insurance, it had nothing to do
5: with you. It's something Not that they it. set up even before you even signed the contract. So do we authenticate that affidavit before we file yeah, it back I, into I, the county?
2: I, it, again, as it says here, if you want to get full and credit, why not? And then we file it back into the registered deeds.
5: Okay, so authenticate it first, then file it back in, then pull out of that yeah. new one. Okay, yeah. so, 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 d- so you'll see what everybody know, else is- so then we don't really need to, you know, get the um, uh, Secret Service or CID or Securities Exchange Commission in, in on on this. No, no. It, okay.
2: it says without Linda's permission. All you're doing is telling what it said, that you could transfer the deed at a future date. It's right there in your paperwork, in your agreement.
5: It's, it's not in New Jersey and, and New York.
2: I it, need it to see. You have to scan that in for me and give it to me. Huh? I can't believe yeah. I'm. I know California have it. We're in Detroit. Are uh, You telling me a few, oh, what the people in the thirteen colonies don't can do it or something? I don't know. No, is like we can,
5: like like we can't even do um the patents, you know, on the land. So this is a little little stranger here. And so I I did um Skype them to you um numbers seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Um, in the New York one, and it, it's, it has almost every, uh, almost all the other wording in there, but it doesn't have that at a future date.
2: Okay. Well, I have to, guess like, I have to read it. And it's not okay. always – I think someone else had it where it was another number. It wasn't 18, but it's still okay. something about transfer interest in for the ball or ball interest of transferring. They, they, they can't sit there and not let you do this because – you are the person who took the funds out. That, that would make it automatically not full, that's not full disclosure, which automatically makes that whole contract void. They have to give you a remedy because they're putting this on the market. Anything that's on the market, it's, it's by fate, it's by chance. They're chancing they're going to make money. That's not always the case. So they have to make sure you always keep your property. They can't never take it from them. They're just selling. When they sell your home, they're not selling the loan, the the mortgage, or the title. They're selling their interest in it. They have an interest in it.
0: Well, you do too,
2: and I think you are the grantor. So you better start acting like the grantor and say, look, you know, maybe what you said is not what you think I meant. Well, I need to look at it and see. I need to look at it and and the whole – just scan all of it in because it may be worded and or put in other places, but that's not all you right. have to deal with because it states if you keep it in your name, you gave them the power to sell the property. That's what they want to do. They want to sell the property. That's why people be bringing stuff in the courtroom, and the judge continues the case because – the contract or the agreement says you gave them the power to sell the product, the house. So what and you have we, to do is deal with that, and that is to transfer it out of your name.
5: Send it what to if a you truck. still have a mortgage? What if you still have a mortgage on there? How do you actually do that? That that's one question. Um, if you still have the mortgage on there, if it's paid off, and then. What if you are in bankruptcy? Can you still transfer? So that's a lot of what if. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of ifs. So let's go like this.
2: There was an agreement. I'm only talking about the agreement because that's the only thing the judge is looking at. He don't care about all that other stuff. He's only looking at the agreement. If it's in your agreement, that you could transfer the property, and that's what it says in the next paragraph. If all or any of the property or the inches of the property is sold, it says sold or transferred without the lender's permission. Well, that's the part where you transfer it to a trust. It it, it tells you right there what you can do. How do you transfer it to the trust? Just by wording? wording. The trust would mail it. No, it ain't about a wording. I'm selling it for 21 gold pieces why 21 gold pieces because that's what the seventh amendment anything over twenty dollars you have to go to a common law court with a common law jury they can't go common law they're dead they cannot go to common law so you sell it for 21 gold pieces oh well i don't have 21 gold well then go get you a postal money order
5: hmm that's backed by gold so how was how would how would the lender know that it was actually sold or or transferred because we're not going to record that transaction the you know the trust transaction how do how does how does the world know so they can stop getting so supposed to stop coming after you no you I mean account.
2: you could
5: you could notify them that
2: it that you get you got a lease agreement. And that's what I would say, have the trustee, because you don't want to reveal what the trust is, have the trustee now, that's the only person they are gonna see, put a lease agreement to you. So if they got a lease agreement then that must mean they own a the home. And the, and there's a and then they would say that uh that uh under a letter of confidentiality they cannot say who the private corporation is. And at the same time, the you are going to have the trustee Go to the assessor's office, and Michigan got a file form called, what, 2677 or 2766? I can't remember the number of minutes ago. Where you're telling assessors that this house has been transferred. So you're putting it in the public record right there.
5: Right, that is what you've been telling us, that we at least have to inform the uh, tax assessor. That's right.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Michigan has a form. I'm, I'm sorry, I wish someone, if someone on there could type it in, I think it, I get that 2766 or is it 2677?
5: I think it's 2766. And, and we you have know, to inform the tax assessor why. So the taxes are taken out of the old name and why.
2: Yeah, exactly. You have to say that all it is in that form is you have to show them that there's been a transfer of the property. Anything we transfer, every state has to report it. I guess that was giving you Michigan's uh, form, but every state you got to go to your assessor's office and say, is there a form similar to Michigan's 2766 form that I, that this has been transferred and put it in? And then there's a whole list of exemptions on there. A whole list of exemptions. So you stating there that it was that you it was purchased for twenty one gold pieces.
1: Now I have a question from the chat room, uh, Mr. Wright. They wanna know yes. when you do the authenticate when you authenticate the warranty deed, do you do it state authenticate or federal authentication?
2: Just state. This is our state matter. The state's the one that owns your home, not the federal. Okay. The state owns your own, it owns, it owns your home, your car, so you're just doing a state, a state authentication. And remember, the majority of the authentication, authentication is basically verifying that the notary is in good standard. Yeah,
4: it's
1: verifying the notary,
2: yeah. The notary, they care less about what they authenticate unless they say it has something to do with the UCC. Michigan uh, authentication, Secretary of State, so they don't deal with anything that deal with the UCC. Because uniform commercial
5: right. codes. So just inform the tax uh, assessor. Does that take the property off of the tax roll by doing that?
2: No, no, no. You you you. It takes it off of your exemption that you putting on there. I sold it for twenty one gold pieces. Boom. That that's oh, the that's They got a, they got a list of exemptions. Of course, you don't fall in any of the. I think it's the top ten of them. But number eleven says other. Boom. You put your other in there. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. In act in actuality, it it should never go to court. Why? Because in actuality you're recording that there's a contract between you, the seller, and the owner when you contracted the grant deed. Now you attach both signatures on to each other. Now the court, which are nothing but administrative court, and you can get their EIN number. The judges have the same EIN number. They all got the same EIN, and Eon shows you where the EIN number is. But they're taking the address and the name of the court uh, for your landlord, tenant, or whatever court is in, and go to Dun and Street and get their Dun and Street number. Now it proves that they are a private corporation. they got an EIN number with the judge, and the court is, uh, is on Dun & Brass Street and doing money on doing transactions on the open market. You present that to them and say, well, excuse me, where's your contract with me? Uh, we're, we're, I'm not arguing. I'm the, I'm the buyer. This guy was the seller. And there's no argument here between neither one of us. So why the heck are you bringing this up in the courtroom? They cannot bring it in the courtroom unless one of the parties showing that there's a dispute. That's the only if, way they can be
5: in there. If you're in bankruptcy, can you – remember I, um, uh, the other day I was at, I was telling you
0: that
5: an attorney said um, if they were in bankruptcy, and that's what it was, if they were in bankruptcy, then it would look suspicious if they tried to sell the property. That's what it was.
2: I have no idea about that because most bankruptcy was just over 30 days. Where you could eliminate, you could terminate the bankruptcy. I'm not sure how that worked. If they bankrupt because of the foreclosure, they may be able to terminate that bankruptcy.
0: Okay. And still,
2: and still though that most of the other Caucasian people. They normally transfer stuff to their wives and stuff before they do bankruptcy, so that way it's still in the family or to another trust or something. That's what they do. I'm just saying what you're doing uh, is, I don't know, after you file bankruptcy, what can be happening? What you, uh, you know, are you making payments? Or set, what's that, Chapter 11? or did you do a Chapter 7 where you got rid of everything? Well, if you got rid of everything, then there's nothing to deal with. You keep the house and all that anyway because all the debts are gone. But you have an agreement. That's the only thing I can do with people have modified agreements. Now, you modified your agreement, your original agreement, and you have two OIDs. Because you did bankruptcy, does not allocate you filing a 1099 on the application for that house. You could still file a 1099 OID and get that original amount back. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to be on mute or scuffling or something. All
5: right. So, so the okay. warranty Call deed. Let, let me. I'm just. let one last okay. thing, um, okay. better, which has to do, which which has okay. to do with with this topic, um, and then I'll go back on mute. Uh, so, the, can you just explain again the warranty deed, the grant and the grant deed? The, is it the same? Is it the same? as different wording. When on that affidavit, do we leave warranty deed on that affidavit? That you know that you sent to us. No, you you're creating. What you're doing with the affidavit is you're creating your own paperwork
2: for your for entity. Because I've authenticated my birth certificate, I authenticated my name, authenticated my birth record, and I've registered it to myself. I'm my own country, in other words. I'm my own entity. That means I need to have some rules and laws to dictate how I operate. So that grant deed is what I'm putting in for myself. I don't even mention warranty deed. It's an exhibit that I'm adding on saying this is what you got, but you have to transfer it to me. Look at UCC 9-303. It talks about certificate of titles, titles, all the titles, you can take power of it. They would. You could surrender it. Then they have to change it from their ownership jurisdiction and switch it over to the new jurisdiction, which would be your title for my so vehicle. what
5: is that, that we actually get from them? What type of deed that we, do we actually get from them?
2: Whatever you certify at the at the register deed, which is the warranty deed. That warranty is just a legal term. Grant is a lawful term. Oh, okay. Grant gave, it's almost a land patent. You're going to say, you're creating a land patent, really, with that grant deed. You're creating a grant deed, but you're putting the information what was on the warranty deed. Now, if you want to go get a land patent and put down in the means and mediations and all that other stuff, then that really makes it into a a, a land patent.
5: Okay. Okay. I got it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you, Beverly. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's see.
5: We have
1: a um, 313458. 313458. Do you have the mute on? Because you have your hand raised. You push one. You didn't mean to push one.
2: Is my phone giving out a lot of static? Yeah, it
1: was. It seemed like okay. kind of uh, moved I closer. Back it and off. It, and it, okay.
2: Okay. Thank you, Colin. I'm, I'm backing off here. Is this okay?
1: Yeah, that sounds better. All right. Now, I have a question from the chat room. Yes. It says, um, let's see, it says, okay, they want to know about the bill, of credit process versus the money order and the ten forty fee. You said it goes to Puerto Rico, or do we just follow instructions?
2: The well, wait a minute now, um, Puerto Rico. I, I don't even know where that comes in at. The ten forty is solving it on the private side. The bill of credit is t- is doing it on the public side. You know. Um, You're returning the bill of credit back to the CFO so that he can release the funds and give you the OID. That's why you're returning it back to him. Now, the 1040 is you depositing because the OID is coming to you, but the money was still removed from your bond. It was still removed from your bond, so you need to deposit the funds back into your bond so the IRS don't audit you later on and tell you that you owe some money. That's what the IRS is doing. They're, they're really doing you a favor. They're telling you that someone took funds out and you haven't assessed it. So, how do you assess it? Again, you could, uh, they might send you a vulture, which all you got to do is I would attach a 1040 anyway, but you should just respond back on the vulture, the coupon that they give you, and give it back to them. But I'll throw a 1040B in there, just to make sure that everything is get deposited into that account. But they're doing you a favor, telling you someone took some funds out of your account, and it has not been assessed. You need to assess it on the private side. And all this is given to the treasurer. On the public side, you're going to do a 1099A and include that with a, a bill of credit and send it back to the CFO of the corporation that sent you the bill originally. Now, let me, let you tell you, let me give a little warning here. With um, a caveat, if you're doing a company, they are private, and you can do that. And there are no people who do that, and they could shut you down. They would say, "Okay, well, if we don't get Federal Reserve notes, we're we're gonna we shut your account down."
6: They have that option.
2: They have that option. So what would I make as a remedy? Don't worry about them. Write a check off the bank account. Write a dividend from the bank account and OID the bank account at the end of the year. Don't OID them. Don't be shutting them down. Just write them, give them what they want. They want that extra money for the 90% commission, and they can turn that, that coupon that you sent back to them and you endorsed it on the back. Now they can send it in and get Federal Reserve notes. Because remember, they took the original amount out and got an OID, they let you know with a note, it's called a bank note, you have to endorse it, fill it out, endorse it, like a check. Now they're able to take that and send it to the treasurer and get their commission. So if you don't send that note back to them, they have nothing to send to the treasurer to get the uh, the, the, the amount back in Federal Reserve notes, 12 UNC 412. 12 USC, Title 12 USC 412. Collateral required, that's your signature. They need your endorsement on that coupon that they sent you so they can submit it into the treasury to get the Federal Reserve notes. And at the same time, they have to release the funds that they originally took out and give it to you. So you use the 1040 to deposit that amount back in the bond that they removed out initially. So you want to make sure you set it off doing that way. I hope that answered the question with a little bit more detail. I know I I get a little bit more detail. This is my understanding. And I'm not an attorney, (laughs) thank God. I am just telling you what's on my mind as far as what I see by reading their rules and regulations. Yeah, they
1: said that, uh, yeah, you gave them the understanding.
2: Yeah, a lot, a lot going on. Remember, returning that coupon. They gave you a blank check. That coupon was a blank check because the amount was in a box. So you take the amount out the box. Everything in a box on the parentheses on the black law says it doesn't really exist. Anything in parentheses does not exist really it could be removed, and it will not change the grammar of the sentence. That's the way it says in black law. So they said someone is
1: saying you said twelve U S C what? was it? Four twelve.
2: Okay. Yeah, right after four eleven. Everybody knows four eleven. Four twelve. That's when it got me involved when I read four twelve. Okay. And it says collateral required. Well what's the collateral? It's 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 your it's your autograph. Remember your autograph is what's gold. So they have to attach all the checks that you wrote and all that is being held. And I went through that earlier, how everything is everything that they're submitting to the treasurer is being held by the treasurer so that they get Federal Reserve blank Federal Reserve notes so called circulating notes they're getting back to the Federal Reserve banks where they're putting their stamps on it and giving it giving the funds back to the bank with an advancement. A 90% commission, they get an investment as well. But the principal is being held at the Federal Reserve Bank. The cash is being held. The the, the check is being held at the treasurer. But when they got cash back in Federal Reserve notes, 10% has got to be held at the Federal Reserve Bank. And all the member banks that apply for the fund that you walked in and signed the contract with, they get the funds they get the rest of it the 90%. So they're
1: saying that the 1040 V, like in Victor, it goes directly to Steve Munchen or whatever his name is, the Secretary of the Treasury.
2: That is correct. That is correct. I think he's going to allocate it to someone in California. I can't think of her name now. There's a lady in California sharing something that I think works under him that takes care of this stuff, but... Give it to him. He knows who to give it to. Yeah.
1: Okay. We have some more callers.
2: Okay. Call uh, on. Okay.
1: All right. Three, two, three,
0: seven, seven, zero. Okay. I'm. I came on the call late, um, but I have a question. If if you've done the um, authenticated birth certificate, um and you have somebody that's 18, they're trying to go to college, and they actually try to apply for Social Security card, and they were told that because they're over 12, they have to have something showing every year that they were here, and you don't have everything that you need to show that they've been here every year, you know, for 18 years. How do you go about that? Or and. Or is there a way to get around um, applying for it and still being able to pay for their college?
2: I'm you—you I'm, <laughs> you got me at a loss. I'm not understanding. They—they they twelve. Are they born? Are they born? No, 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 no.
0: They—they were born here, but um, when you go to the Social Security office now, what they're saying is, if you're over twelve years old, she's eighteen. But they're saying if you're over 12, then you can't just take your birth certificate and get a social. You have to actually show a document or verify that you've been in, in the country for each year. And well, you what have about to have to
1: her school record? What about her school yeah, record? Yeah,
2: thank you. Yeah, the public school record. When that that shows she was in class right here in the States.
0: Well, there. Well, what they did, what I did have, they didn't accept because two schools were private schools, and two of the schools closed down.
2: What? Is, let me see this. What, what's the end result? What she? What is she she's trying to do again? She's trying to get a social security card. Right. To
0: go to college. You know. Right. Basically, you know, she needs funding to go to college.
2: Okay. But she won't be – her self, she didn't create enough funds to do that. Now, But like again, the parents can OID their bank account. They've been taking care of her for 18 years. They don't have – can't go back three years and get funds enough to not only pay her college but get her a condo to go to live in the, at the same time. The people, you got the money already there. You're just not asking for it. 1099 OIDs, return it in your pocket. And you can go back three years on the 1040 so i i, I guarantee you have enough money for college. I don't care what amount you have that you that you done on the last'cause you took whoever took care of them has to use has some kind of bank account and then she went to private school. Can you imagine they need to o i d those private schools she gave they, she gave money she's not in there anymore so don't they're not going to shut it and kick her out of school. She's not there no more. Why don't they o i d those private schools
1: cash you they gave seven money to or a 709
2: and go all the way back to when she was at private school? Yes. Yeah, you could do a 706, 709 for anyone. And it and it does not have a statute of limitations, but we're trying to say at least look at a 1040 or 1041. But she they can OID those people they gave money to. See, I have a problem when they want to do the utility companies because they can shut you down. They can cut your light and gas off because they are private. But if you don't need to use them any longer, let's say you got another utility company, then you go back and get those folks. And but all the money still, stays they can the,
7: Go ahead.
1: But she still can get the money from the utility company just oh, when she OID her bank account. I mean she
2: paid thankfully she paid it with a check or you know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Don't argue. Don't go to anything that you presently le- need. You need your light, you need your gas, you need don't O I D that, but write a check. Consolidate everything in your checking account and then OID the checking account. They don't know about that. They not they won't even know. But I'm just so saying this lady she's you, she went to private school, then then you need to send an OID to the private school.
0: Yes, they they, they no longer in, are in existence.
2: What do you mean, the private school no longer in existence?
0: Right,
1: They're closed down. Oh my
2: gosh. Mm. <laughs> Well, somehow those the assets might have been switched to someone else. It's really difficult to say. Uh, but the point is even that, that she, they I assume they didn't walk in cash to pay for this 18-year-old education. So they wrote it off a check or something for the last three years, so they can OID that. That's all I'm saying. You got the bank or you got the people that you gave the funds to, but they both keep an account. You can't do both. You can do one or the other.
0: So That's whenever you pay, from, you're saying that you shouldn't pay cash. You should always write a check. Oh, Definitely.
2: who carries cash around? Who carries cash around anymore? And even if you did it from, took it from an ATM machine, then you got that ATM as a record of the cash that you took out. So remember,
1: deposits, uh,
2: withdrawals, checks you wrote, and whatever you would do from an ATM, all that is will show that you um, can OID.
0: Okay.
1: So really, there's nothing she could do about that, uh, Social Security, getting a Social Security number. But they haven't made no money off of her then. Mm,
2: probably not. I'm pretty sure they have, but there's no mention of anyone on the AT, because they, they actually she's just at the age of majority. Before that, she was just property. Right. right. So now that she's at the age of majority, then she could do authentication and everything like that. But how she would control the funds she would have to state that she's at the age of majority by dedicating whatever and submitted it to the treasurer. Uh, the state treasurer is your trustee submitted to the state treasurer. Supposed, the state is supposed to provide all your education and your schooling and your medical and your house and car. All she might want to do is prove that she's at that age of majority by dedicating and send it to the treasurer and say, I'm, I, I need, a, uh, a in, you know, get an invoice or whatever it costs to go to school and submit it into the treasurer and say, I need a voucher so I can pay for my education. That's what my estate is asking, need, is in need of. Does she, she need into, to uh, authenticate her birth certificate first? Yeah, because like remember the rule, rule 220, and she need to do her name as well. Rule 220 says... And once you have a then uh a put an affidavit on your on, the, on your birth certificate that you uh, that the, and it says county it says county recorder must treat you at the age of majority well when you write that affidavit i don't limit it to the county recorder. I say all public officials must treat me at the age of majority that's what the affidavit for you're creating your own your own certificate of title, your own rules. They can't argue it.
0: So basically I'm I'm doing the authentication and then I'm doing the um, assumed name certificate and then.
2: Yeah, and you're registering it to yourself. Why register? Because they're licensed and corporations and they can't register nothing. They only do registrations, I meaning all they do is record things. That's all they can do. They're corporations. They're dead. They're you are a live person. We, the people, can register stuff. So that puts us at a superior position. That's why they would recognize us at the age of majority. we had a superior position. All she needs to do is go to where her money's at. Where's her money? Her money kept, is kept by the state treasurer, at least in Michigan it is, which is MCL. 333.98, I'm sorry, 0.2892. 333.2892. That's where the treasurer sets up a fund for the uh, vital statistics fund. They created a fund for me. And this fund's supposed to but take care of me. Isn't
1: that where they getting her the money for for financial aid? The financial aid is
2: coming out of her account anyway. Yeah, the the, the Department of Commerce, the, the, each state must submit a state plan for every person who's alive. That's why they do censors. That's why you don't really need to be hiding from the census because the state gets money for everybody that's in there. Uh, I think it's uh, $1.7 million now to go in and fund to take care of you throughout a year. So she has money going to her account the point is, you need to go and talk to that trustee, this, the state treasurer, see what happens. I'm not saying it's new. This is something new here, but I'm just letting you know. They open up an account for you. They control your education. They took money out of her education. when she registered for that um, private school. They got money out of her bond. Okay. That's why we were looking the oh, whole idea, but if they're not around, somebody has control of it. I don't know where you would go. Maybe look for the bank that was running that company. You know, because every company has a bank. You and I have a bank. Everyone has a bank. Banks to do is the one to do all the transactions. Find out who was banking, who was the
1: banking of that private school. Okay. And then we, our uh, older shows are recorded, so you could go back and listen uh, so you could get kind of full understanding of what you're doing.
0: Okay. So it's authenticate the birth certificate, uh, do the name, um, assume name certificate, and then send that affid- to Munchkin. An
1: affidavit. Don't you got to do an affidavit, too? On
2: her birth
1: certificate
2: and her surname. Yeah, Yeah, she yeah she had to do an affidavit because that's what rule. Look at rule two twenty, and that and what I did is I required I requested for twenty five dollars. Actually, someone did it for me in bartering their their services. um, A twenty five dollar a certified copy of that rule two twenty. Now I want that rule to be my rule in my in my agency, so I put an affidavit in there because it says registered owner. If you look on there, registered owner. Well, I registered my ANC. Isn't it funny? The same Minnesota that has Rule 220 also has an assumed name certificate. And that's that's great. It was the one where I was able to register my name, and if it, only if you register your name with the owner affidavit, then. You consider the age of majority, and then you want to authenticate that and um, register it to yourself. Now it's in my corporation. I'm, I'm trying to put in your head what you want to be. You're a foreign entity. They're a foreign entity. You know, one foreign entity don't bother, can't mess with another foreign entity unless there is a contract between the two. And we're talking that last about courts. You need a contract. You need a contract. Show that they're foreign entities. They got an EIA number and a DUNS number. They're doing business on the market. Your name is on the market. People have been making money off of you all, of, all your life. So, you, But you're foreign, you're now in control of that by authenticating and registering your birth certificate and your name. Because if you use your name, it's identity theft. If it's your birth certificate, the social security number, it's counterfeit counterfeiting. Oh, yeah. Okay,
1: caller. Thank you.
2: Thank
0: you.
1: Yeah, go to the bank
2: that the school was 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 registered. The bank didn't close because the school closed. The bank still has the, have the funds that the school collected. That's how
8: I see it. Okay, we have
1: four one nine nine one three.
8: Okay, and Mr. Rice, how are you all this evening? All right, all right. doctor. Great, great. Thank you, Mr. Rice. So good to talk with you again. I have a situation, and I Skyped to you a form that was sent to me from a corporation, and it may have been, and I believe it is, in response to some forms I sent to them. What they sent to me was a 1099C. Well, the earlier part of 2016, I sent 2017. Forgive me. I sent the 1099 OID to them. I also sent the 1099 A, and I have the 1099 OID that I sent them. And I'm positive that I did a 1040 also. So, what do you think this 1099? C represents that they sent me. Okay. Uh look on the look at it. You have it in front of you? I do. Who who
2: what how what states on there? Who's what's the first person name? What is what are they position they're taking?
8: The, do you mean the name of the corporation that sent it to me?
2: Well give me the title of the first box up there in the upper right. What's the first box is it? Don't say
8: lender On the left hand side. It says creditor's name. Okay, who who they
2: got on there?
8: A bank, Synchrony okay. Bank.
2: And then what they have you down being?
8: They have me as the debtor's identification number, and they also have me as a debtor. Okay. That tells you so everybody
1: who gets those two ninety. Yeah,
2: they cancel it where they are taking it and they're saying that you are the one that's supposed to pay the taxes on it, not them. You need That's why they have the word void and correct at the top. You need to say, oh, no, 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 void this, baby, and then you put in your own OID or 1099A because you weren't supposed to send them an OID. You're supposed to request an OID from them. Don't send them those things. They're
8: supposed to give it to you. And I know to you don't know what that. you're talking about. And I later learned that. And they don't have, the, on this particular form they sent me, there's only one box that says corrected, and it is not checked. Okay, well, you need to check it because you are the,
2: always the creditor. How could they say they're the creditor? They didn't take money out of them. They, these corporations, of course, you just said it. They're dead. How are they going to get some money? They're already dead. They only, they only could get it from you. So they put you as a debtor. No, it should have been the other way around. They don't the want to file the OID, or the original 1099A to the
8: Treasury to get the funds from you in the first place. Well, I will be happy to get these forms done. And I'll tell you, it was just kind of like a huge psychological blow for me to have done this work and for them to basically ignore it. But I'm going to take the time to do the OIDs to these various companies. And no, you don't, no is, you don't. You don't.
2: You don't do the OIDs. You request I'm, it
8: from them. Yes. Thank you for for changing my language. I am going to request them to submit the OID to the proper authorities and to send me a copy that they have done this work. Let me ask. Let me ask a question.
2: How much money do they say you are that they're trying to transfer to you? How much money, if you may, one thousand.
8: $1,436.84 amount of debt discharge is what's on this form they sent me. Okay, well, that, that, that you can OID that amount. At least you have given a 1099A
2: with that accurate amount. But you need to say, uh, send that corrected uh, back to the IRS. Send one, a 1099C, and I think you must attach that to it and say corrected. But if I'm not sure. Contact the IRS and say, I have a form here that needs correction. What do I need to do so that way it's done properly?
8: Okay, got that. And the second question is dealing with the sesa trust. And I hear this term often, as well as collateral accounts and redemption accounts. Just like they are parent companies, these funds, that the, the collateral accounts, I'm thinking, comes out of the SESA-K trust like a parent company has subsidiaries. How do you view this terminology? Which one is the top dog? Is it the SESA-K trust and the collateral accounts come under that? Okay. So, I parents. mentioned it uh, I just I just mentioned it earlier. The collateral account, remember, they got the
2: original 10% and they put it at the bank for collateral. They're holding it. That's why you need to shut it down with a 1099-OID. A. And request the OID. That's what's being collaterally being held because they send in your check, and that check is being held by the Federal Reserve Bank. I mean, I'm sorry, the Treasurer. The check is being held by the Treasurer. He gives them. They have what they call it stamps, and they create money. They create money. The national government creates money and give it to the federal banking system, which are those twelve bankers and they put their little stamp on those 12, each got a letter, A through L. They put their little stamp on there, and then they give it to the to the bank that requested the funds that you sign your contract with or whatever loan that you requested. But they have to hold the original 10% at the Federal Reserve Bank. They got the, uh, the blank notes. So they're holding 10% of it at the Federal Reserve Bank, and they're giving them the other 90%. This is called an advancement because we don't, Never ask for enough funds, so they get an advancement. Ninety percent—that's not a bad commission, right there. That's what—that's a great discount, isn't it? No, you know. But the point is being that you have to shut it down. That what they're holding for collateral. That's what we're talking about shutting it down. Whether it's OID or whether you're going ahead if it's a mortgage and get the get the uh, mortgage statement or uh, certified and have it uh, brokerage broker that. In three days, okay. get a broker and say, I need you to terminate and and liquidate it. Give me the funds. And personally, I would have them put it in a Treasury Direct account, not in a public bank, because they might shut that bank down once they get deposited. So I would put it All in right. the Treasury Direct. Open up a Treasury Direct account under your name or your bank or whatever, and give them the routing number, account number. When you say terminate and liquidate these funds. All right,
8: and I want to reiterate what I hear you say, that Synchrony Bank had the opportunity to go into my SESICATE trust, and out of that trust they were able to establish an account in which the Federal Reserve is holding the 10% Synchrony Bank, got the 90%, and that Federal Reserve has that money in a collateral account, which I can ask Synchrony Bank, to 1099-OID, send me a copy. They have done this, and I ought to receive those funds back from that 1099-OID. Is that correct? That was excellent. I'll I, I give you a
2: star. We're a guard, and i put a star on your forehead. Thank you. That was excellent way of explaining it. The collateral account in the bank is called a demand account. That's what the bank call it at the federal. It's called a demand account that's being held at the Federal Reserve Bank. <clears throat> that's where your funds are being held. They, even they can't touch your original. That's why I say people, when you get those OID funds back, don't touch it. If they can't touch it, why are you touching it? I suggest you get a line of credit. Use it for collateral. That, you're doing the same thing they're doing. And then you get checks and all that other stuff. You're securizing it. Use it as collateral. These OID refunds, don't go out and buy you a new car and house. They will come after you.
8: Because after all, that is why the term was established, collateral accounts. Now, the other thing, redemption account, is that just another term that is synonymous with collateral accounts?
2: Yeah, redemption account is you getting redeemed back through your original amount. The bank is redeeming it. You're shutting it down.
8: You're getting the refund through the OID. Okay, so that's the same as collateral accounts. They've just given it two different names.
2: That's what you are redeeming. You're, you're redeeming a re- collateral account. You're getting the funds back oh. to yourself.
8: Okay.
2: Yeah, you got to redeem okay. something. you got to redeem <laughs> yeah. something. I assume you, you want to redeem the money.
5: Right. They okay, can't and touch
2: those
8: it. monies, and it seems as though those money, and it's it's making sense now because those monies that I am redeeming are put into a redemption account, which is different than the collateral account, which is different than my SSK trust account. Is well, that they, uh, they, Well, you you explained it. Now you're kind of going backwards. You explained it. they they
2: cut the money from your SSK trust at the beginning. That's when they first withdrew the money from. And and right. and it's be it, it's being held, you know. That's what they did, because they they had to send an original in, they sent an original in, and they got back back the funds in blank notes, Federal Reserve notes. But the original check that you wrote, or your debit, or your deposit, or whatever, anything that you endorsed on the back, or you signed on the front, that is used as
8: collateral to be put in, you know, to be held
0: in a Mm -hmm. demand account.
8: And that 1099-OID redeems those funds from that collateral account. Is that correct? I,
2: that's correct. Thank you, Mr. My White.
8: understanding, of it. That's my honor. If anyone got something out there that guys
2: can do better than that? Let me know. Please let us know. Okay. I yield. Yeah. I appreciate okay. your
8: patience. Thank okay. you.
1: All right. We have, um, we have. 313571
3: 3-1-3- 31357 yes we hear you yes can you hear me we hear you yes okay okay mm-hmm. good good good
2: uh how's it going, uh, Myron and uh, beth everything is good great right. Great. beautiful yeah.
3: okay i hope you guys received my uh my uh, email uh, last week uh how the yes, uh, week I before last how to ask okay good good Okay, I have one question. Uh last year, uh sometime uh, Myron was talking about how you can go to the post office and do your uh, uh um uh what's the name of it? Uh, registered Ch- mail. Free
2: change of your charge.
3: No, no, free of charge So your registered. Oh yeah.
2: Mail. uh tax card mm-hmm. tax precure on YouTube. Tax precure which means uh, free. Oh In okay. Free. Sure. So
3: Okay. So that's a video or something I need to see or is that a website or what? Oh, it's a video. Okay.
2: It's a video. If you Skype me, I'll send you some documentation, but it's a video that talks about how you support, uh, you know, your qualification as being a foreign entity in yourself, you're a country in your own body. And it tells you how everything a part of your body is part of your country and how you become right. independent and stuff. So your your thoughts your thoughts is the it's your laws. Your mind what you speak is the laws that control your body. It, it, it was, okay. It's beautiful the way he explains it. Okay.
3: All right, I'll take a look. That's all I have for tonight. Take care guys. Yeah. Pre Q okay. okay.
5: P- P- it's okay.
2: P E R C U E. P E R C U E.
1: Tax P A X E. Tax P Cure.
3: Okay. Thanks, Myra.
1: Bye bye. All right. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Uh, we have a question in the chat room. Okay. It says Is a military installation considered a different jurisdiction? That's one question. Yes. yes. It, okay. it's, not part after, of the, it's
2: not part of the democracy, yes. It's a militia, okay. yes.
1: Okay. And then the next one is after filing the 1099 form, is there any other
2: bookkeeping required? Well, you always want to do bookkeeping at all, but I don't know when you say filing a 1099 form. Are you saying requesting a 1099? There's no bookkeeping there. They're going to give you their, book, you know, what they have, book, have bookkeeping on you throughout the year, but they kept on you.
6: When you receive the
2: funds and you deposit it in an account, I suggest you do a bookkeeping because you're going to be using it for collateral at the bank. You want to use a uh, – um, and, and when I say this example, let's say you get a $10,000 back from from the OID that you requested. You know, $7,000 you can get a line of credit. The other $3,000 I will use to pay automatically payroll deduction to pay on the line of credit. That way you know you're not going to ever go, you know, get a bad credit, uh you know, rating. You you won't ever go into uh, being late. So use $3,000. I, I would say two, you know, one two thirds you, you get an OID on. The other third you use to pay off on the line. Because, see, you can pay a debt with it. You just can't go buy new stuff. So the $7,000, you get a line of credit. They're going to get you, give you some checks. Now you can go buy you a new car, a new house, because you just created new money for them. The line of credit gave them new money. They love it. They love new money, and your checks with your autograph on it—it's more new money they're gonna get. So the more you spend, the better they love you. And then next year, you're gonna have a lot more money—three times the amount. On me would be what you get for next year. Why do you think we don't know about this stuff? Why would I work when I keep the more I spend, the more I get back? Why would I work, people? Why would you work? Well-
1: and we good at spinning. And just make sure you use your your checks and your credit card so you can uh that's what you're gonna use. It's all they also saying how do you settle restitution restitution due to a court judgment?
2: Get the judgment. Get a copy a certified copy of the judgment from the clerk of the court.
1: Put an affidavit
2: on there saying rules that it probably violated. Remember, it's prima facie. Prima facie means it's not real. It's rebuttable. And it's like buying a car and then open up the hood and there's no engine. Put an affidavit. Say what laws are violated. What what laws would you want to state? Well, they're a private corporation. Here's the judge. Here's your EIN number. Here's your DUNS number. So you're a private corporation, and what you would do is you would take that and you will register it to yourself. Now you would contact that judge and say, we file it back in the court, and say, now I need you to settle this debt because it's inside my estate and you are the trustee. So that's how you're going to resolve that case. Get the court case. There's no court case that's ever closed. I don't care how long. I know y'all watch movies where someone might have been dead 50 years, and now the DNA can show that they weren't even at the scene of the crime to be reopened. Well, that's what you're doing. Just reopen it. Make arguments. They normally violate their oath of office, and they also uh, mess with the uh, – they didn't pay off initially. They never paid off the original um, uh, debt instrument, public debt. Whatever they charge you was a public debt. They didn't pay it off initially. That's what they should have. We should have never been in a courtroom. Everything is prepaid. But I'm just saying, maybe using some constitutional law that they violated, the fact that they're a private corporation and not a government, and and okay, you didn't have, have no contract. Okay. Yeah. They have enough, so they the have yeah. The bottom, the bottom, the bottom line is, you need to put an affidavit on that court judgment and then submit and and register to your estate, and therefore now it's part, it's a part of your estate. You can tell the judge to discharge this debt. That's their that is their assignment as a trustee. They violate that. That's
1: treason. Okay. We have another call. Three one three five two nine. Hi.
6: Hi. Hi, Bev. Hey, Myron. Hello. Hi. Hey, this is Tracy. Myron, I sent hey. you a. Hey. Hey, I sent a request for uh, Skype uh, friendship too, to let you know.
2: Okay, I, I'm mm-hmm. looking. I'm going to look at it now. Here, pop it up. Okay. Yeah.
6: And my my question, I'm. I, I don't know if anybody asked, but I was late getting on the call uh but how would I handle um passports um and school loans is, is that the is the value process yeah, and
2: yeah tax to let me tell you understand tax court means you're guilty already of owing taxes it's just they're just trying to figure out how much you're gonna pay. And that's not what you want to say. I am not guilty of nothing. And the reason you probably owe money and you need to call them up, ask them what tax form they fill out. Oh, they fill out a 1040. Well, excuse me, I need a 1041. And I suggest for the student loans, there was an application that was filled out. It was held. They got the funds plus 90% commission. Shut it down. Shut it down, get the funds, pay it off. Oh, I did. If you want to pay it off, fine. But read you your contract. I need to look at a student loan contract. I Seriously, I need you to scan that student loan contract in. I need a student loan contract, and I need an auto-purchase auto, auto purchase contract. I need to review those things so I can see and show you. Your remedy is in there. You just have to be able to have the foresight to understand where it's at.
6: Okay. Because it's, it's through the um, uh, Department of Education, and they claim that they never sold the debt, that they just um, not even contracted. They say they still own it, but different um, third-party debt collectors have you know called me and contacted me. Um, yeah. and they, they claim that they sent me something. I, I'm going to pull it up because I have it, but it's really old. You know, but it's yeah. it, it still okay. no matter. Look, look for whatever mm. they
2: gave you some kind of statement. It has to have an EIN number on it. Whether they get a statement at the end of the year saying this is the balance you owe or what you paid in the year, that EIN number is so important because that's what you want to need. You're going to need to put on that 1099A for the initial amount of the loan, the initial amount of the loan, and request okay. me to give you the OID.
6: Okay.
2: I think we sent you all the letter, my, the letter that I drafted up. You can edit it where you want to, where you requesting it. I hope Miss <laughs> Beverly be nervous tomorrow when she opened up her PO box. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. One way or other we're gonna be able to deal with it, Beverly. We really are. You, you know, we know what mm-hmm. we need to do. We we know what we need to do and who to talk to now. Minimum
6: Henry. But
2: and you're, I, I, you're, did, I mean, go ahead. yeah. Now the tax situation. Oh, no. okay. You,
6: I don't know what no, the tax not, situation you can, is. You could. Co- oh, no, I'm sorry. Not you know, getting a passport. My son, his uh, expired because children's only last five years. So you know, if I wanted to go outside of the country, how would I properly pro- properly submit my paperwork or send in my paperwork?
2: Well, for his passport, your passport.
6: Yes. Because mine was well, not five years.
2: How, how old is 11. he? Is he uh, he's 11. 11? I I see, you know I've know I seen people with foreigners down at the post office where they take pictures of the baby and get it. There. There's really no a re- way around it. It's, pro- it's your property, but you're going to have to pay whatever fee there is to renew it. I know it cost me $150 to renew mine, but I use, because I don't have a driver's license, nor do I have a state ID, I use my authenticated birth certificate that got a picture of me in it. So the the affidavit, and I registered it. I gave that to them, even though they were arguing. Yeah, he ain't got no ID, he don't have that. The supervisor said, look, we just submit this in. Let them tell him they're not going to give it to him. Three weeks later, I got my passport.
6: Wow. Okay.
2: So I put a picture of myself in my birth record authentication and register and in my birth certificate. So I created an ID for myself. Cuz it's been authenticated mm-hmm. by the state. Okay. You have to open you can't limit yourself to what they say you need to do. You have to see what's in your head, what makes sense to me. But then, I mean mm-hmm. the lady the clerks, but they're not used to this. They never saw authenticated registered birth certificate before. They mm-hmm. need a picture ID. I said, well, excuse me, that's my picture right here. And it's been notarized, and it's been authenticated. What's the problem? I mean, but the supervisor came in, hey, just submit it in for him. Let them sell him different. And three weeks later, boom, both passport. So, I, I okay, you know, I, you're going to have to go through regular, the regular process with him. You don't want him to go through any lip service at the gate when you're trying to go to another country when you, or whether you're coming back. That's the only reason i deal with a passport. a man was telling me about international passports and all that. I don't want to go to the bank and get a whole bunch of lip service. They take my passport, and I can get money out, money in. I could be the country. You ain't pulling me over to the side, saying who you are. And the, I know one lady got some kind of passport where she don't even walk through the screen, you know, the, the monitor, the metal detectors and stuff. And that's that's okay. I don't have a problem with it myself. You know, I don't have a problem. But uh, they have international, they have all these other passports out there. I, I'm personally just, I just don't want no lip service when I want to be able to come in and out without hope being held up. Mm-hmm. but. Well, thank uh, you, okay, Caller. Yep, I had. A, I just want to mention, I had a situation. Actually, I was going. I was going over to England, and from Detroit Airport, going to London, and I left my ID, which was a fanny pack. I left it on the conveyor at the metal detector. I left it. The plane stopped at the end of the runway, and they came in. They came to, you know, tell them they I called them. They called the front. They came to the airplane and passed it to the pilot, all the stuff that they had that they collected at the uh, the screen, at the uh, metal detector in the screen. I'm sitting in there with all these cookies and cakes and my pass out, and this little kid say, Mommy, he got my cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I had everybody's stuff that they took from them, because they didn't know, they didn't want to go through it, so they just gave them everything that was collected at the gate. They just gave it to me, and I just, and my my fanny pack was in there with my ID. I'm not going to fly all the way over to London. I don't even have an ID. I was like, I would have got out that plane. I was not going nowhere, but they stopped at the end of the runway, pulled over to the side, and they brought my stuff out there. Well, it was so funny, all the kids crying, because I got their cookies, and I'm like, yeah, oh this is good. <laughs> this stuff is good. Let's call her. Let's call her. Okay.
1: Uh five one
4: three three one
0: eight. Hello. Hello. Yeah. You hear me? Yes. That's
4: what okay, now you said you uh got your photo on the birth certificate or did you put the photo on the affidavit?
2: Yeah, on the affidavit, because I'm creating the affidavit. That's why I want you to understand, you're creating your own document. Put what you think is going to be necessary for you. I put my picture on it. And when I notarized it, I had to do a juror act, And she certified that the picture and the passport that this man, I witnessed as who he is. I identified him by his picture and the passport that was on there. So who was to argue? the argument? The picture is me.
4: Okay, well, I have an affidavit of identification. Should I put that with the birth certificate and then get those all um, authenticated?
2: Well, Where again, is affidavit, affidavit, yeah, it, it's an affidavit that's because that's what you're doing. All you want to make sure is everything on the birth certificate is on the affidavit. So, you know, your, your okay. mama, your daddy, your, you know, I just verify. And the doctor and all that because on my birth record, it states on my birth record, that I certified that this child was born alive at the date listed above. So I made that an affidavit of life. The birth certificate is an affidavit of beneficial ownership. But I made my birth record an affidavit of life, and the doctor just witnessed that I was born alive. And then the register stamped it, and then I got the secretary of state to stamp it, and then I sent it to the federal government. I have five witnesses that said I was born alive. Who's going to argue with that in the court? When I decide to turn myself in, surrender that birth record, that I'm out of the system altogether.
4: Got you. I got another question if I can. Yes. hmm Okay, I know I'm about to do the, um, about to request the 1099 IDs and set that off, um, but it's gonna it's gonna shut down, and close the child support case. Uh, but how do I get my property back, my 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 daughter? I want to get cut full custody of it, my property.
2: Well, you have to. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the corporations cannot file a commercial lien. They can't go – a lien is how you show that you own something and nobody can say anything once a lien is filed. The UCC-1 is a notice of the lien, but it is actually the uh, security agreement that puts the uh, teeth into it. So you need to be putting that child as your property and the teeth into it like that, and you file UCC and you give it notice to the court. Now, I have had people get rid of child support when far as money concerned with the uh, the ANC. They just took that assumed name certificate and authenticated it and registered it. And then they said that they're controlling the name. You use my name, as identity theft. So you may want to look at that. But what you really need, to, again, for you to get your child, if you don't have one, then you need to say that this is my property and then serve it to them under a uh, commercial lien. That's the highest lien that's out there. The highest lien. And they can't go into it because they're corporation. They're corpse. They're dead. So they can't do a Can commercial Can I submit that lien. to the
4: clerk of courts?
2: The clerk of court or the court that took the child in the first place, child support, whoever took the child in the first place. Cause I had a friend. He like I said. He went to a hearing on child to pay child support, and he walked in and he showed the the supervisor that A assume C assumed name certificate. She said this case this case is closed. Now, he said his ex wife' mouth was all hit the ground and stuff. She she didn't know what happened. What 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 did he do? What what did he do? Case is closed.
4: Okay, that's what I'll be doing next month then. Um. I guess I'll wait for another call and I'll get back because I got plenty of questions.
0: <laughs> okay, no problem.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at
2: least I know I gotta I, I gotta listen for a couple of weeks anyway. That's okay for that's all right with me. We uh, talked about maybe. last week. Yeah, we wanna apologize our last week, but the Super Bowl, you know, that didn't that game didn't get, get over by ten o'clock? It was like, Oh no, I I know
4: nobody's gonna be listening to me.
1: Uh, three one three four three four.
4: Hey, how you doing, Myron and Beverly? It's Omar. Omar, you? Right. Omar, yes. Uh, I got two questions. First one, the assumed okay. name. Do you fill out the one through five or the one through seven?
2: One through five, one through seven. I know I fill all of yeah. them out on the app applica- on the application. Uh, and let me let me yeah. get a copy of it. I think I filled I filled them all out. I don't. I'm trying to see here. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think I filled out all the li- all the lines. Hold on, I'm gonna have to look at it because they got a yeah, seven but- page one
4: and the five
2: page one okay, let me see um blank applications uh sanitized mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean I mean look, hold on a minute. it's taking a while. computer running slow. I got so many windows over here People calling in um but i i, I feel the application you know i, I have no i had no problem filling it out. It's just that again. The legal name is always all cap. And then the person who's controlling it is uh, the last name comes first, and in the comma and the first and middle name. So when I got it back, uh, okay, here's one. You fill out number one, all cap. Number two is the address. Number three, I leave blank. Number four, I sign it by colon, last name, comma, first, and middle. And then I put executor after that. And dated. So that's one through four. You were saying
4: one through four. No one. It's one through five. One is one through five, and then one another one is uh, one through seven. No, I, I only got one form. I only got one PDF
2: form from them. I didn't have two separate forms. I'm oh, not,
4: okay. And I get it. Because uh, okay. I've seen one, I,
2: cause I seen one that was uh, oh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying Yeah, yeah, you're right The second one said list list of names And I have my uh, Small, I put my Myron C. Rice, but I put it all small And then I put the phone number It would say list of uh, I need to, I can't Zoom it in I see what you're saying, yeah, right, both pages Now on the first ones was one through four I skipped three and then the, the rest of them on the second page, which says one, like how many employees you have. Uh, I put uh, zero through five. It was asking about employees and stuff like that. So I, you're right. I'm sorry, it does have two different. Then there's one, two. Yeah. I fill each one out. Uh, number two, I had two of them. I checked two of them. So you pu- you could put as many as you want on the second one. The one through seven one, number two. You can put check as many as you find applicable. Number three, I wrote information. That's what we're going to do. That's what I said we are doing as information. And then it's a four is full time, and five is from 10000 to 50000 I don't see a seven. Where do you get seven at? I don't see seven. I see one through four, then one through five.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't see a seven. The first sheet was one through four, and the second one says one through five in the application. But the second right. sheet, I answered all. I answered all of them, no problem. Yeah. Next question.
4: Uh, okay, okay. Just say uh, you go to the IRS and you ask uh, one of the preparers that you want to, to fill out the ten forty one, and they say they don't know. Either they'll say they don't know what you talk. They they don't. They never done that or they never heard of it but you do you still go ahead and fill it out if you can't find nobody that No no do you um uh, you, you again go open up a trust and when you
2: open up a trust in the middle of the page it says you can only file a 1041 so if that person can not then they need to have a supervisor who can Oh okay it says, I mean, you said what the IRS told you. I can only file a 1041, and here's the form that says it. They better get themselves educated. That's all I'm just saying. We need to educate them. You better. I suggest you take classes up because this is what your client is needing. I'm in need of this. And if you want to collect my money, you better start doing it because they're probably filing that anyway.
4: Okay. Okay. They with that, know, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they all
2: right. Know about that.
4: All right. yeah, they, only
2: know, yeah, they only know about policies They don't know what the law They're not told that
1: All right Area code 310-612 Hey,
7: Bev and Myron How you guys doing? All right Great. Good, this is Kevin from California Good to hear you guys Oh, how you doing, are you,
3: Kevin?
7: All right. Oh, this, is a, this was a great show. I had a couple of questions, uh, and I'm like that other brother. I got a lot of questions, but I'm going to limit mine to two if I can. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: okay.
2: so no
7: what problem. I did, uh, I, I uh, acquired a piece of property. So what I was going to do is I went in there and tried to file my trade name, and I had trouble filing my trade name. I was going to put the property in the UCC along with my trade name. But – the uh, patent and trademark office said that um, they required a specific list of products on mine. So I didn't know what I was doing wrong to try to get that. My cat all caps.
4: Yeah. And I- yeah. I-
2: yeah, and I, I just want to say, trademark and patents—that's that's the you know that's under their stuff. Trademark and copyright—that's their stuff. Who cares about their stuff? You want to register it to yourself, okay? Your name, go to the ASC in Minnesota and register it to yourself. You're above all of that stuff they got, okay? All that stuff that trademark and pat—they do. I mean, McDonald's is patent and trademark and uh, copyright name is trademark. But McDonald's could still be sued by Burger King. It don't matter, you know. But if you registered and they're licensed, what what decision can a judge make? What what decision do he have to make? A licensed person or or a um,
4: registered person? You understand okay. what I'm talking
2: about, Celine? Here having a higher position, controlling something. I'm talking about controlling. That your name. You got a certificate, a birth certificate. Under, again, UCC 9 303, all certificate of titles of goods, all goods have certificates. Those certificates could be made into a priority. You can control those certificates. Someone else owns it. Who cares? Who owns it? I don't want to own anything. I want to control it. Okay,
7: so that sounds was, good.
2: Right, so I'm creating my own certificate. That's what the affidavit is. Understand what affidavits are. Look them up. It's creating your own condition, and if it's not rebuttal, it is the law. Okay. Okay. Go
7: ahead.
2: I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
7: No, that's fine. No, that's fine. Um, The other one, so I said I acquired a piece of property. If I put that in a trust – with beneficiaries before I did the UCC and then I did a UCC. Would that affect that if I wanted to just put that in the UCC later on down the line?
2: Again, UCC is public. I don't understand. If y'all want to be public, then fine. But I'm private. I don't give nobody, I don't tell nobody nothing. Only thing they're going to see is you got to put an affidavit on the warranty, D, because it's not yours until you transfer it to yourself.
4: you got to oh, okay. control the
2: contract. I don't care. All the I, stuff you're doing afterwards could be void if you haven't put the affidavit on it. Have you put an affidavit on the warranty deed?
7: No, I haven't.
2: Oh well, then everything else is void. You got to put an affidavit because you don't own it. Go down and register deeds and say, "I want. I got a property." Da da da. Let me look at your name ain't on there. Your name is typed. Your signature is not on it. Only the buyer. Look up the definition. Under again, you need to get that Dictionary of Banking Terms by Finch, F I T C H. Dictionary of Banking Terms by Finch, F I T C H. cost ten dollars, and look up the word hypothecation. And it's still in a, the, it's still in the owner's name, not the seller. It's not in the buyer's name. Your name is your autograph is not on there. He has notaries. He has his signature. All hey, oh, your name is is type. That don't mean a thing. It's been All that stuff has been improperly filed under Bouvier and record to record. It's been improperly filed. It's, Ill- it's illegally been filed because it's not a contract. You don't have your name on it. You put your name on it by putting an affidavit on top of it. Now you can do what you want to do with it because it is your name. Now you want to sell it to the trust, and I would suggest 21 gold pieces. Or go get a postal money order. It's worth it's back by gold.
4: Okay. No, All right. that me and out.
2: One, yeah, and the trust do not do not have the trust file it in the register deeds The trust do not file it in the register Because 'cause they're private. But they will give you a lease agreement and an invoice showing that you got it got sold for twenty one gold pieces. So anyone asks why they're not paying taxes, say, well, go to common law court, and then we can do that. Um, uh, the Seventh Amendment, anything over $20 must go to a common law court. They didn't have federal reserve notes back
7: then. Okay. All right, I appreciate that. All right, anything right. else? Okay. Thank you. Well, no, I, 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 I'll talk to you later on down the line. Once again, it's a great show. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, have a great evening,
1: you guys. You too. All right. Uh, we have a question in the chat room. Okay, for the yes. Minnesota c- certificate, certificate of Assumed Name, how much do you have to pay to renew each year?
2: I pay. I just
1: renew, renew mine in,
2: in December. It's $30 to renew it every year. I, well, this year it was $30.
1: Okay, and then just, it's like, mm-hmm. so you have to renew it every year. Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a USC or statute at large talking about affidavits?
2: Uh, yeah, it is. Well, actually, that that law, that the the, the uh, rule two twenty that's in Minnesota, it talks about what an affidavit is. Has to be and it has to be done by a registered owner. The rule, Minnesota Rule 220, is a law that explains and that law is a 333. I don't know exactly, but you could take someone else's law once you authenticate it. It's full faith and credit in any state. So if you see Michigan law, you can't find it in your state. Then get a certified copy of Michigan law and then put an affidavit on there and authenticate it in your state. Now it's acceptable in your state. Affidavits, we we know about authentication. Because that's that's under 28 USC 1738 or statutes at large 62 stat page 947. So we know about authentication. So, but what are we authenticating? We're authenticating an affidavit. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, we we are down to our last five minutes. And uh, I think that is all of the phone calls. And give them your Skype number.
2: My Skype number is Rice Tech R I C E T E C H six five five seven. That's R I C E T E C H six five five seven. Boy, I had so much stuff we didn't get to talk about. Some of stuff mm-hmm. uh, I, I want. I do want to say quickly. I want to talk about. Uh, The OIDs and the W 2. A W 2 is a Tax Class 5. Understand what a Tax Class 5 is because our OIDs are Tax Class 5. Those are called unearned interest income. Unearned interest income. Whereas the Earned income would be a profit that you receive or capital gains that a corporation gets when they sell their cars or their products and they're getting money from somebody else's pocket. But your wages and your OIDs came from your pocket, your bond. So you didn't earn nothing. It's unearned. You didn't earn anything. That's why you have to file the proper tax form. The 1041 talks about interest. Look at number one on a 1041. It says interest. Whereas if you're talking about exemptions and, and uh, that you get for being single and, and how many kids in a household, family, and then number seven says wages, uh, salary, tips, that's wrong. That 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 statement in itself is wrong. Is wages come from your bond and salary is come from your bond, but tips that came from somebody else's pocket. Anyone who gets a tip, it came. I tipped the barmaid. I tipped the restaurant. I, you know, whatever I tipped, it came out of my pocket, not out of her bond. That is a false statement, right there. That first number seven line is incorrect. It's not on so, the same level. So a person don't have to report they tips. No, if they can they report it, but not in the same line. It's not in the same area as they earn income. Tips are is an income. It's a profit. It's a, it's an earning. It's got earned. You earned it. You you profit from it, but not your wages. Not your OIDs. Remember those came from. From your bond, from your bond, I don't want to pay taxes on my own money. Why would you pay taxes on your own money? You only pay taxes, uh, and I was I was only I was a stock guy. I used to trade stocks. I was a day trader. You only I had a stock group. You only pay taxes on capital gains. Capital gains is profit. That means something that you wasn't getting before. Just like everyone know if you do more if you pay your house off and you refinance your mortgage or or refund it it's your equity you don't pay taxes on your equity on your home you've already paid it, so if you get it refinanced on your equity, you don't pay taxes because it's yours, it came from you, you owned it, so is your wages. They don't need to be there. You're filing the wrong form. You need to talk like we were talking earlier. Omar. You need a 1041. Now, if they're gonna argue, with and uh, uh, it may be a matter of just changing the way your social security is set up instead of three little areas, you know, three digits, hyphen, dash, two digits, dash. Maybe you just need to set up the first two letters, dash, and then all the rest of them. If they don't want to accept that, then go and set up a trust. And file it under the trust, because when you get the trust statement from the IRS, it's going to say file 1041. Just trying to help you out. Wages is unearned. Tips are earnings. And they're on the same line. It's in that same, and it's a little nice that they got it in parentheses. Isn't that great? It's
4: in parentheses.
2: That means it don't really exist. Isn't that neat? They put it in parentheses. Look at the 1040. Let me see, I got a 1041 here. No. Nope. I don't have a Now, somebody
1: said sure. an accountant said he had no clue of what uh, talking about a class two or a class five. But that was an yeah. accountant. A tax person should know that, though.
2: Yeah, but no, they don't explain that to them because they're 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 putting class fives. A W-2 is a class five. That means it's unearned income. I'm just if you don't know anything else, class fives are unearned income. And I have no idea what is income other than a tip and a profit gain that requires a class two, which is deal with earned income. Because I don't think GM, 4 Chrysler who has all kind of capital gains, I know they're not filing the 1040 because it's an individual, so they won't be filing that anyway. But the point is being that if we are not profiting from and getting the maximum amount of returns back, when we're filing the wrong and we're volunteering, that's why they say, we're volunteering to pay to file the wrong form. You're supposed to be getting all those wages back. It came from you. It's called federal withholding. You're, getting, you're supposed to get all those wages back. That is why the job, and apparently when you file that W-4, you check something that allow them to send you a W-2 at the end of the year. But when you do your bank account and write checks, they don't give you anything to tell them to give you the OID at the end of the year. That's why we found the law saying we need to request it from them. But we must have signed oh, something on the W-4. Go ahead. This
1: person say it wasn't an accountant. It was a tax person that told them they ain't know nothing about no Class 2 or Class 5, and they say they walked out.
2: Yeah, well, they should have, they should have gave, them, uh, gave them the manual or Section 2. When you walk in and talk to these people, go get the IRS manual, 6209. This is the IRS. It's an Internal Revenue Manual. Sixty-two oh nine. Print out section two. Go go to section two or print the whole PDF. Uh, and just give them section two where it says uh, tax forms and, and and let them know this came out of your manual. Why, why you don't know? You sound like one of these attorneys that don't know that they work for the Queen. They're about they're about the money, people. They're about the money. If someone if the IRS says hey you you owe us money, you need to say well excuse me, what tax form did you fill out? 1040? oh, you said about 40, you know I'm in a state. you said that in your uh twenty one point seven point thirteen point three point two point two number two says an infant is in a state, so what are you calling me on an individual for? Or are they just reporting people who took funds out of your account and they need to balance your book. See, it depends on what they're that's where you clarify what. Are you just reporting what people took out of my account that I didn't assess because I didn't send back the 1040V? I, I, you know, I take care of that right now, what you need. If, if we see things a little bit different, I'm trying to get, get us to open our eyes to what's actually going on here. We're okay. filing a 1040. It's the wrong form. There's no exemptions and no deductions, for a creditor. That's the bottom line, and we just saw earlier they salary doctors, they, they're trying to rip you off. They're trying to make you pay a bill that they took the funds out of That's terrible, that, but that's how crooked they are. See, they saw her asking for it, and automatically they automatically going to try to transfer the funds over to her and tell the IRS that she is the person that needs to pay taxes on it. That That sounds like committing fraud. That's crazy. Now that's what they do. Everybody, oh, they cancel it. You and high counselor. Did you look to see who was the lender, who was the creditor, and who was the borrower? So 1099-C says, what, creditor and debtor. Look, that's the way we were raised. That's enough for today. I didn't even get to talk about a lot of other stuff, but then we got something to start up next week. Uh, people who deal yeah. with trucks. Look up this term, and next week maybe you could mention it. Uh, um, dynasty. Dynasty trust. Dynasty, dynasty trust. Yeah. D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y or T-I-C. Dynastic trust. Look at that term. What is that kind of – that's a type of trust. for so passing wealth. Oh, my God. Look at that. Dynasty or dynastic trust. For passing wealth. you talking about trust now. Everybody asks, What kind of trust do I we want? Well, how many trusts? Oh, there are hundreds of trusts out there. But this is supposed to be one that pass wealth. Well, maybe that's one we need to be looking at and start getting some paperwork so we can make sure our trust is a dynastic trust. Dynastic. Mm-hmm. Or dynasty, which you're the ever trust. Look it up. Homework assignment. Look
1: it up.
2: Let me know next okay. week what you find. Okay?
1: All anyway, right.
8: So okay. love you all. Love you all. And we
1: we appreciate you taking your time, giving us this information.
8: And we look so, forward
1: to next Sunday. Okay, much love. Uh so, thanks much everyone love. for listening. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back on tomorrow with Brother Robert X. Much, much love. Mm-hmm.